Hi, love. I'm Nicole Weston, and you are listening to Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. In this community, we focus on creating a safe and sacred space for us to cultivate loving, gentle, and compassionate relationships with ourselves first so that we can be present in our relationships with our partner and children and be the best mom we can be. Hi, Mama. I want to share with you how I got here and why redefining motherhood is so important to me. I'm going to share a little bit about my story and what you can expect on this podcast show. Because for me, it's super important that we set the stage for what we are here to learn and how we can be inspired as a community of like-minded mamas. So for me, redefining motherhood is all about flipping the script on what we know to be true about motherhood. What I know for sure is that we are evolving. Our children have evolved and they are calling us forward. They are different. We are different than the generations before us. And I truly believe that it is time for us to create the space within ourselves, our families, and society to really break down the structures of what motherhood used to be. I want to create the space for us to start really start with ourselves, create the space for us to take care of our mental, emotional, and spiritual and physical health. I know that we cannot give from an empty cup, but then nobody talks about what do we do? (laughs) How do we fill the cup and how do we do it when we have all the things to do? And my intention with this show is to have real conversations with moms who are absolutely consciously mothering themselves. You see, the thing for me was when I was about seven months postpartum, I was living in fear. My mind was operating from a place of pure fear. I was in joy and gratitude and absolute. Oh, gratitude that this little human picked me to be her mother. I was so grateful. And all of that love and all of that gratitude and joy also created so much fear within my mind and my heart. I got to do it right. Am I doing it wrong? What if I go down the stairs and I fall? What if I put her down in her bed and I don't hear her? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it got to a point where I was so disconnected from my intuition I was looking to books. I was looking to friends. I was looking for someone to tell me that I'm doing it right. And the crazy part is, is like logically I knew nobody could tell me whether I was doing it right or wrong because there is no manual. But in my mind and in my heart, I was like, there's got to be another way. And I remember thinking, how come no one talks about this? Why didn't anybody tell me? And so I started asking, you know, moms in my community, like, why didn't you tell me that this is what was going to happen? And they said, because that's not our place. And sure enough, I agree. But it got me to thinking, 
how do we create the spaces for us to talk about what is happening behind the scenes in a space where we are feeling supported and not judged and not shamed for loving all of motherhood and for sucking at it and for really not liking it at some points too. You know, where are these conversations happening and where are we getting the support that we need? And I remember looking for it. I was really grateful to have a group of girlfriends I had grown up with from high school, even elementary school, and were having children at the same time. And I found so much safety in that space. Um, It was the daily in and out conversations and videos that made me feel like I wasn't alone. And I remember thinking how supported I felt in that. And then also looking for this connection of what does it mean to be a parent and how do I connect it with this belief that I have about this spiritual calling and what it means to be a spiritual being? Where can I have those conversations? Because I know for me, before becoming a mother, I found peace in the spirit. I found peace in knowing that everything was happening for a reason. And I utilized these strategies to really reframe this anxiety mindset that I had really grown up with. And so I knew that there was these things that were really helping me, but I didn't know how to do it all at the same time as trying to like, you know, feed a baby and try to figure out sleep and, you know, all the things. And I remember looking for a community that would offer all of it. And I just, I couldn't find it. And I just wanted to talk about how I'm more than a mom. I'm, I am me and who am I now? And what does it mean for me to be a mom to a, um, to a daughter who is super spirited and super independent and, what are the lessons and the gifts and how do I take all of this and find peace within it all? And that really got my mind thinking about, well, how can I start taking care of myself? And where can I go where we're not just going to talk about the next parenting trend or the breastfeeding tip or the non-breastfeeding tip or, or what best crib to buy? I couldn't find it, and it took me a while, but I have found a community of like-minded women, and it starts with redefining motherhood. It starts with really wanting to put our maternal mental health first. For me, I was about seven months postpartum when I realized I could no longer function from a space of fear. I couldn't operate from there anymore. I was sleep deprived. My relationship was strong and I had a, we have a a phenomenal foundation of love and support, but like any new parents, we were struggling. I was so sleep deprived and I was just trying to do it right. I had this really big fear, this limiting belief that if I couldn't figure it out, that he would leave me and I would be alone. And I think that's when my survival instincts kicked in and I started really separating from myself and went on like survival mode. Like I got to figure this out. I'm going to do this and I'm just going to do it all my way and I'm going to control everything. And if I can control everything, then 
everybody will be happy and he'll stay. Now, to give you some context, like him leaving in this relationship ever even being in question was not even on the table, but the voice inside my head and the ego was really making me think that that was, that was a real thing. And I would start to have conversations with my partner and say, like, I just have this fear that you're going to leave me. And he's like, no, Nicole, like that isn't even an option. Like, you know, the first few times I started to say it, he was like empathetic and understanding and like, no. And the more that it would go on, you know, he's like, I think you need to reach out to your coach. I think you need to really dive into that deeper. Like that is something that is so far from the truth. Um, and it's tearing you apart. And, and I think we need to really dig into this. And I honestly don't remember how long it took me after that conversation to reach out. Um, but I was on the phone with one of my friends and she said, you know, Nicole, sleep deprivation is a form of torture. And <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, when did I decide that it was okay to, to just do it all and, uh, and not ask for help and not let go? And when did I decide that if I don't do it all, I would have failed? Sleep deprivation is a real thing, and I don't ever remember hearing about it before I became a mom, not even during the pregnancy. I mean, I heard people talk about say goodbye to sleep, but never in the context of like deprivation. And when you start to look up the effects of sleep deprivation, I realized that I was starting to get into some of those symptoms. Like that was happening in real time for me. I couldn't process. I couldn't plan ahead. My memory was very, very, like I could not remember anything. And I would say it's like, oh, it's just pregnancy brain. Like it's still here. Um, I had friends say to me, like, based on how much you're not sleeping, you are the most happy and joyful person. Um, and that, you know, that lasted for quite a while. But then I would see pictures of myself. I look back now and I go, I was so thin and looking back, I realize now that my body was in such a state of survival mode and adrenaline and just, you know, what do they say? Cortisol. Like I just was probably producing so much cortisol. I was never able to rest because I wasn't getting any type of sleep that would allow me to even uh, replenish every, anything. But I did, that wasn't on my radar. And I mean, how could it be? I was, you know, I was so in love with my daughter and so just, I held her to sleep and she slept with me and she nursed, she, she refused a bottle. And I just lived in this space of just attached parenting all the way. And when my friend said to me, sleep deprivation is a form of torture, I realized that it was time to ask for help, that I was actually not serving myself, my daughter, or my partner. There was, there, like, I was at risk of really not being able to show up for my family the way that I needed to. Um, and again, this is my experience. 
my identity of who I was, I was in um, resistance of. I was trying to get back to the woman that I was before I became a mom. And then I was struggling with this picture or this idea of the mom that I needed to be based on the generations before me, based on what I had known growing up. And I wasn't fitting anywhere. And so it was through the session that I realized when the moment she said, you are becoming the mother your daughter needs you to be, I basically fell to my knees. I surrendered. It was like all the expectations, all the have-tos, all the shoulds were released from my physical body. And from that moment, I just felt peace and I felt freedom. And I had so much clarity just like come through so quickly and calmly and so gently. And I just thought, oh my God. All of the pressure I had been putting on myself for seven solid months was released. And I thought, if this can happen for me now, now I can ask for help and now I can give up control. Um, and of course, there's always going to be things. I I'm, I'm definitely carry the belief that we're here to grow and we're here to learn and heal our stuff. And I'm always going to be working through stuff. But I'd like to say that from the moment that my water broke, um, the daughter broke, the doctor broke my water. From that moment on, I had a severe panic attack. My mom was just walking up the hall and she heard me screaming and completely going into an absolute panic attack. And I had no control. <laughs> we had like hypnobirthing on, we were doing meditations, and the moment the water broke, I went into a complete panic attack. You know, you have this idea of what you think things are going to be like, and then they're not. And I found myself in probably my ego telling me that I was doing it wrong because it wasn't this image. And, you know, I can see that now because it's, you know, hindsight 2020. But I honestly can say that the moment my water broke to the moment that I basically fell to my knees and surrendered. I feel like I got reconnected back to myself, back to my intuition. And I think that it was those seven months where instead of being connected to the internal me and in internally checking in with who I am and what's important to me, I didn't know what that all was. And rightfully so, I like to describe, you know, parenthood as like an, like the first, whatever you want to say, months or years as an initiation. And disconnecting from my instincts, disconnecting from who I know I am and the willingness to be open to become who I am, that was reconnected in that moment. And since then, I that was at about at the seven-month mark and I had integrated a lot of stuff and became aware of a lot of things and I started to put different resources in place and I got back to me. And that's the most important thing. 
I got back to me. I started to ask for help in a way that maybe wouldn't have looked different from the outside, but asking for the help and receiving the help and trusting that I didn't have to do it all and it didn't have to be done in a certain way. Um, and that about at the eight month mark, you know, after doing this work and, and, and really digging deep, I realized that like how I operate and how I've always operated is the middle ground. And I've never been a person, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I have never been a person that does an extreme. I'm not a full left wing. I'm not a full right wing. I always play somewhere in the middle. I learn both sides and I create my own space. And I remember, you know, in university learning so much about child psychology, child, child, you know, behavior, attachment theory, and then doing my trainings, learning about, you know, all the things which I can share in another uh, podcast show. Um, Learning about all these things and just, I was hugging the right side so, so hard that I couldn't even see anything else. There was no other options. And for me, that made me feel like my back was up against the wall. And so what was happening is I was trying to be this parent that I thought I needed to be because of what I had learned. And what I was completely ignoring was exactly the parent that my daughter needed me to be. I I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it. And when I started to pay attention to, you know, my values and what's important to me, I thought, okay, Nicole, middle ground. You're allowed to do both. You're allowed to do both. You're allowed to be an attached parent and you're also allowed to incorporate structure and you're also allowed to incorporate this and you're allowed to do what works for your child and what she needs and what works for your family. Everything else is none of your business. And wow, freedom. I asked for help and I learned about sleep and I learned about nursing and I learned how to incorporate a completely different pattern of and a way of living into our lives that supported our values, but also supported my child. And like, I don't care. Like, I'm not here to talk about what is right or wrong. But what I realized in that moment was I was so detached from what was important to me that I couldn't make a decision. And it was once I gave myself permission to say, okay, how have you always made decisions? What do you believe in? And like, Nicole, what's important to you? And after doing some of that digging, you know, we decided what was important to us and that sleep was important to me. And I realized I couldn't function that way anymore. Um, I had gone to my doctor's for a checkup with my daughter and it was her appointment. And um, it was probably the six to seven month mark. And she had asked, you know, okay, so like it's, you know, it's time to introduce solids and all this fun stuff. And she's like, how's that going? And I I broke down into tears. Like I hyperventilated and my partner was going to be there. Like we had planned to do that together. And here's how I knew I was, um, again, looking back, I didn't know this at the time. I got there and I got word that our appointment was actually going to be 
like 10 minutes before, like maybe 15 minutes before it was scheduled to, which meant that my partner was, wasn't going to be there. And he was, he was on his way, but then I just said, I said, you know what, appointment's going to be any minute now. So just stay. Um, and then I got into the appointment. So I was already feeling like super off. And then my doctor asked me that question and I broke down. Like those, like I, I ugly cried. And in that moment, she was like, okay, we're just going to pause this appointment for your daughter and we're going to focus on you. Because the question I asked was, how are the solids going? And I had so much fear around food and what I was giving her and would she have an allergy and, or sorry, an, an allergic reaction and um, am I giving her enough and how do I do it all? How do I do it all and manage the fear of all the what ifs, you know, because you want to do it right? Paired with not sleeping. And she looked at me and she started talking and she said, Nicole, I know you know how to do this. Because her and I have talked before, you know, um, mind body practitioner, like I'm like super in line with my brain and my thoughts and my emotions. And she goes, but here's the thing. You don't have the same time you had before, and that's okay. So we've got to figure out a different way. And I just remember crying. And um, she said, you know what? I think we need to just double check to see if you, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but let's take the test to see about postpartum depression and anxiety. And immediately, so many walls went up. But then at the same time, I was like, well, if I need help, then I need help, right? Like. Walls went up in the sense of like, I can't believe this is happening, but I'm also really grateful that it is happening. And I did the test and she said like, you're not qualifying for it, but you're close. And she said, so my recommendation is that you get some help in your home. You put some different things into place, supports into place, and you get sleep. <sighs> And after that conversation, you know, my cousin and my aunt walked into the room and they just happened to be in the building at that time, which was all purposeful. And I cried and I released and I thought, it is time. I have to put myself first. I couldn't keep going that way. And so in sharing all of this, with you. I realized that it was time to create a space for women and for moms to come together to talk about the realness of motherhood because I thought maybe if I had talked more, you know, you always wonder what would what would I have done differently? I wouldn't change anything. I am grateful for my experiences. But I also wonder if society and the media and the conversations behind closed doors were different. If we started to talk about what actually happens when we come home from the hospital, if there were more spaces for us to talk about our mental and emotional health in the context of safety. I know what I was up against was just really not knowing who I was. And as a self-love coach and a trained social worker, um, I was giving myself such a hard time for not having it all figured out and 
feeling like a fraud. And I realized that that was the shame. Brené Brown calls it the Petri dish, right? Like shame only survives in a Petri dish, which meant shame kind of creates this idea that we can't talk about the stuff that is making us feel shameful. And that's how it wins. And again, I know this, but I just couldn't bring myself to a space where I felt safe enough to do that. I had maybe one or two friends where I did that and they definitely held me up and they supported me. Um, And so how do we now create the space for shame to be, you know, to break the silence and to like just crush out the shame? Because my intention with this community and with this podcast is to honor that we are all going to have our journeys and our stories may not be the same. We may absolutely feel similarities, but that we are all connected through one thing. Being a mother means that we have created, nurtured, and loved a human from our womb. Whether that, that little child gained its wings in the womb or after birth, whether that child is here in that space with us now, wherever our motherhood journey started, once we are a mother, we are a mother. And how do we create the spaces for us to talk about our experiences where we're not comparing and we're not judging and we're not afraid, but we just say, I get it and me too. Because I wonder what it would be like if maternal mental health was a priority instead of all of the other physical physical pieces that come along with pregnancy and after. And my intention is to create the space where we can have these real conversations so that if one mom hears one of these stories and gets that connection that she's not alone, then we have absolutely accomplished everything. And my hope is that no matter what, we start to have more conversations in person with the people we care about and hold the space to say, I get it and it sucks, but I got you and you are not alone. So on this podcast show, you can expect to hear stories of women who are doing their best, who are connecting themselves with self-care and consciously mothering themselves and raising conscious families, um, who are helping moms in business, who are passionate about creating the same thing as safety and hope. That no matter what our experiences are, no one's is better or worse than the others, but we are equal in the idea that we're not doing it alone. And I hope that that is what we can connect on. And so I want to thank you for holding space for me to share parts of my story with you. I want to thank you for holding that space. And I hope that throughout this 
podcast series, you are inspired to do things differently. You are inspired to take action, to put your mental and emotional thoughts and experiences first, and that you are inspired to do it differently in a way that serves you. And if nothing else, find that person that you can count on and ask for help and ask for what you need. I see you, Mama. You are worthy. You are loved. You are enough as you are now. And you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so grateful. I want to invite you to join our Facebook group, Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. You can find the link in the show notes below. And if you want to find more information, more resources, and stories, you can subscribe to our weekly More Than Moms journal. I want you to remember that you are doing the best you can with the resources that you have. You are loved, you are worthy, and you are enough. You got this, Mama.